You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, interviews from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s with voices from the past. Everybody was watching I Love Lucy. You turn the water faucet on, you can get this show. I swear, every place I go, it'll never stop. It's wonderful that that's true. Actress Lucy Arnaz, today on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Well, it's Mother's Day weekend, and so today on Now I've Heard Everything, a conversation with a woman whose mother was, and and is, one of the most famous women in the world, the legendary Lucille Ball. I met Lucy Arnaz in 1997, when she was on tour promoting a CD-ROM project that she and her husband had created, a project that brought together all the memorabilia her mother had collected over the decades. It was called Lucy and Desi the Scrapbook. Now, she was also promoting a separate CD-ROM project that enabled users to create their own digital family albums and scrapbooks. Now, you're going to get a few chuckles when you hear us talking about this cutting-edge CD-ROM computer kind of technology, but, you know, it kind of was in 1997. This kind of was cutting-edge. So, chuckle if you will. Anyway, here's my 1997 interview with Lucy Arnaz. My husband is a cutting-edge kind of guy, and he's a history buff, and he wanted to start his own company to teach American history to kids, to have actors. He's an actor, and he's a history buff, so he wanted to act out some of the more emotional moments of history with some of these wonderful, great actors, edit them down, put them into this new multimedia CD-ROM format to make games for kids to learn history in a fun way. So he started this company. Meanwhile, I'm trying to put away... Loads and loads of my mother's memorabilia, which some of which I used in a documentary a few years ago mm-hmm. called Lucy and Desi, a home movie. But there was a lot more that was never seen, never used, and it's scrapbook items and audio tapes my mother made of us as children and lots of things uh, that were saved f- from all of her radio tours and movies that she'd made, and t- you name it. And it was all under my roof, and it was a huge responsibility because not only were they my parents, and I want to keep the stuff for my kids, but they're very famous, and if anybody's history needs to be saved, theirs should be, I would imagine. And so I felt like maybe for the Smithsonian, who knows, the Library of Congress, I ought to put something, you know, how do I do this, and not give it up so that my kids can't have it in the meantime. So I went to Larry's company, Education Through Entertainment, and picked the brain of the main lady over there and said, do you microfilm stuff these days? What do you? How do you shrink? Is there a way we can... She said, no, why don't you digitize it? And I said, what is that? You know, I didn't know. I know word processing. That's about as far as I go on computer. And she said, well, if you take the elements, you can either scan them into like a scanner, which is like a Xerox that feeds into the computer, or re-photograph some of the more important things, send it away to Kodak, whatever your local film store, and they'll make you a CD portfolio, which looks like a CD-ROM. You put it into your computer, and a 100 pictures can be on one of those. It's cost like a buck a picture. Well, for all of my mother's very famous elements. It may cost me, you know, 40 grand to do this. But for most people, if you think about what are the elements that, God forbid, your house is on Mm -hmm. fire, there's a flood. That's the first thing you hear on the news every night. You know, when there's a tragedy, these people scouring through their possessions to find those three or four little pictures, not the expensive antiques, you know. So I said, what would those elements be? Photograph them. Document them and put it. So I did it for the important things in my family and in the process thought, there's a lot of, you know, crazy little bits of memorabilia out about Lucy and Desi, but nothing as heartwarming as this. I mean, the only other thing was the documentary, and you know, it's a video. 
So I made this for people who have constantly asked me what were they really like. And this is the best way to answer that question. So here, look, see for yourself. Come on into our scrapbooks. Come on into the family. Listen, read, look, see. And if you click around in the scrapbook CD-ROM, it'll take about 12 hours before you listen and see and read everything that's in there to do. What a wealth of stuff you've got. It was. Someone said it was a treasure trove, and it's, that's a good description because it really was. Plus, I think that probably the most fascinating thing that happened was last year, my mother, uh, my mother's autobiography called Love Lucy was released because we only just found it about a year and a half ago. And along with finding the manuscript, we also found in the same box hours and hours of perfect quality reel-to-reel tapes of her recording on a, a your tape recorder in great quality the story of her life. So her voice narrates her section of these tapes, and these are tapes that have never been heard by anybody before. So it's kind of exciting. Wow. Well, it must have been an enormous task to try to narrow down. I mean, this is volume yeah. one, of course. How many volumes do you, do you anticipate? Well, two at least, because volume one, we figured, should only go from each of their individual births, Santiago, Cuba, Jamestown, New York, through their individual careers, which were extensive before they even met each other mm-hmm. in 1939, and then their marriage, which was a whole news clip in itself, you know, <laughs> that tempestuous romance, and their first house in Chatsworth, and then... That's volume one, because that takes up, that's a lot of information right there. It sets the stage for what was then to be history-making, you know, pair. And the next volume will take the two of them through ten years of their their marriage, before I Love Lucy and into the I Love Lucy years, and then eventually the divorce and where they went from then. So it's, wow. it's there's a lot of story here. And mm-hmm. I only touched really on the first part of it in Lucy and Desi, a home movie, because I didn't talk about their later years at all and eventually i will be able to do that in the cd-roms because there are a lot of elements that uh exist about what they did later on and a number of people who are just going to thank you from the uh, just they are icons well you know it's great that 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 is out there that there are a lot of fans who will pick up on this but what i really hoped that people would do would be inspired to to say oh you know what wouldn't it be cool if we could do this with our own stuff which comes into how to save your family history yeah because you can and it's neat it's like we invented the scrapbook of the future and there are a lot of programs out there and and some of them even cd-rom programs that help you draw your family tree you know and that's cool to be able to do that and go back and find out who your ancestors your you know maybe you're related to someone famous way back in the 1600s in my family, I didn't have to look around too far to find out if I was related to anybody famous. But oh, there they are. So I was never really into the whole genealogy thing as much as saving the living history. And I, you know, I thought to myself, geez, nobody writes letters as much as they used to anymore. And quite often, we don't even live with our grandparents the way people did in the 40s and 50s. And families are spread all over the globe, and the stories are getting lost. And what I did by setting the people down in my family who were related to my parents, who worked with my mom and dad in the studio, was find out about the things that had been forgotten, the parts of them that created these people, that made them the people who were able to have an I Love Lucy show, who could run a studio, who could be these legendary characters that they were. After this short break, Lucy Arnez explains why you need to do what she did. back to my 1997 conversation with Lucy Arnaz.
One of the pieces of advice you give us on here, you, uh, it's a very moving, just a little, little short clip when you say, you, you're looking right at us out of our computer screen saying, save that stuff. Don't throw away the little things. Save all those things that, you know, you think, hey, that's just a doorknob. You know, but to somebody else, that, that's a doorknob to your, you know, your, maybe your honeymoon suite or, or, or something like that. You know, it's just, yeah, uh, you know, it, it's a fine line between what to say, what not to say. But if there's a story connected mm-hmm. with somebody, with something, with some element of your family history. It's worth saving. And, of course, the reason it's so cool to digitize it eventually, why my program shows you not only how to do the interviewing and to organize the things that you have, but it gives you the option then of going the next step and saying, you know, think about it. Do you want to put it on a computer? Do you want to have at least a a shrunken version that's that's watchable on computer in case, God forbid, someday that the real, you know, hard copy is not there anymore? And it's interesting because... A lot of the, a lot of these, uh, story, I forgot what I was going to say for a minute. It's a good thing we're taping it. My thoughts <laughs> just went right out of my head. I started talking about hard copy and the whole thing. What was it? What were we talking about just before that? Did you ever do that? Your hair, all of a sudden you go, oh. <laughs> this is a test. For the next 30 seconds, we'll be conducting a test of your brain to see where you were going with that thought, Lucy. I know it must have been important. Well, but actually what I was thinking when you just said, you know, if something happens to the original, the thing with digitized copies is the hundredth copy is as good a quality as the first copy. You can scatter copies all, all, all the relatives can have their own copy. You can put a copy in a safe deposit box. Exactly. You know, if the house goes up in flames, no problem. You got 12 other copies. <laughs> That's true. That's one of the things I have to do, too, is make sure that the copies that I've made of this are someplace safe and that somebody else knows where they are. But um, it's it's really kind of solved a need that was always out there that, that I sort of felt. It was like there's this is something I needed. You always know when it works for you, it probably is going to work for somebody else. And it came out of a very selfish need for me to just be able to save my things and keep it in a more portable you know, format. And now it's working so that other people can do it, too, which is great. Now, there are some people, you know, who are a little computer leery. They're not quite sure how this new gizmo works. And, oh, gee, I don't want to have to spend $5,000 so I can scan my pictures into yeah. the computer. It, it, it's not that difficult, is it? It's not difficult, and it's also not that expensive. I mean, first of all, I'm not trying to compute the, you know, convert the whole world to computers, compute the whole world to converters, or <laughs> either that, you see that. But, I, but I'm thinking the people who already, and many people are, headed that direction or there already, somebody in their family's got a computer. Mm-hmm. You know, I, people were calling me around Mother's Day, and Father's Day is coming up too, around Mother's Day saying, can I get this, you know, in a rush delivery to give to my mom for Mother's Day. She doesn't even have a computer. She's too old. She doesn't care. But we want to give it to her so that we can say to her, Mom, you help us get the information. You're the one who knows who those people are in those pictures. You're the one who remembers the stories. If you help us do it, we'll get, you know, Cousin Fred or somebody to put it on computer and we'll do this. So it's a family project. It isn't like everyone in the family has to do this for their own individual family. But you can talk people, you know, into, look, somebody knows about this. Which mm-hmm. one of you wants to do it, you know? That's true. I've, I, I've often thought, uh, I've got a whole, I, like everybody does, a whole box full of old family right. pictures in the in the closet. And I want to get a scanner so that I can, because there's one family picture. It's got the family reunion, everybody and the whole family on there. And my mother or somebody had on the back meticulously written down the name of every person. That's wonderful. Something, and I'm going to use this picture but, as kind of a Rosetta Stone. But I'll tell you what, in the meantime, before you want to go spend 200 to $400 for a scanner, which is about what they run mm-hmm. now, you know, you could take a picture. If you don't have the negative of that picture, take a picture of the picture, put it in an envelope, send it to Kodak, tell them you want this on a CD portfolio. Yes. They'll send it back to you. It costs a buck something per picture. Oh, 
Oh, and meanwhile, you've got a CD-ROM yeah. that you can feed into your computer, and the pictures come up that way, and that's how you file them and put them in and use them. Oh, and I did appreciate the the one the one little advice that you gave. You had the the uh, how was it you phrased it that that you you know driven a thousand miles to see Uncle Henry, and you've set up all the recorder, and you get home and you know. Exactly. <laughs> don't forget. <laughs> don't forget to check to make sure that the tape is running. And it actually happened to me. You know, I mean, it happens to all of us. Of sure. Course. You know, I mean, it's sometimes pencil and paper is good. Your memory is good. And the next best, best thing would be write it down or an audio tape. Look, you do radio. Audio is an incredible source. Just to hear someone's real voice talking. You must have interviewed people who have passed on years ago, oh, and you re-listen to them, and oh, yeah. they come yeah. alive again. Absolutely. And, you know, or video. But all of that is saving the story, and that's really all that matters. Uh, let me ask you just for a moment. The, the book has been out for several months now. You must have gotten tremendous response to it. Yeah, well, it was on the bestseller list, which was great, for about nine or ten weeks. And yet, the Putnam publishers called me up the other day and she said, you know, I want to tell you something. She said, the book is not on the bestseller list, quote-unquote, anymore, but it is consistently one of our best sellers, which means that it's constantly being reordered in the bookstores, and it's sort of a perennial, and she said it just sells and sells and sells. Most books come and they go. Mm -hmm. You know, she said, but this one's just out there, and it's just selling, and the paperback will be out in the fall. So, And we may, maybe we'll do an audio book you know, with some of the portions of the tapes eventually, and then I can read, I guess, wow. a little, I don't know. It must be very rewarding for you to be able to bring a project like this to fruition and actually see an actual book with a jacket on it in the stores, and it's moving out of the stores, and it's it going was, in people's shelves. It was just great, and I've never done that. I edited this book myself, which, who knew? I didn't know how to do it. I don't know how to edit anything, but I knew what I needed to have correct, and I knew that this was a first draft when she left it, so I better be, be sure that now the information that's going to go out is, is accurate. And I had a lot of decisions to make, like, did I want to leave in the part that she crossed out? You know, and there were things like sort of artistic license that had to be taken. Like, yeah, she crossed that out, but maybe because she thought it was boring, and now I don't think it's so boring, and I think I'm going to choose to leave it in. Sorry, Mom. You know, or some place where the, the writer that helped her write this, of Betty Hannah Hoffman at the time, had sort of helped her culminate all the elements and, and put it together in the original form. And she had changed the way my mother said something, just enough to sort of make it more flowery or something. Well, I had the original tape. So I had transcripts of the tapes. And I looked at the transcripts and I thought, I like the way Mom said it better than the way Betty said it. I'm going to put Mom's version in. And that was the editing process. Little though it was, it was specific, you know. The numbers of people, it, it almost boggles my imagination, the number of people over the years, not just since the book has come out, but your whole life, who have come up to you and told you how much your parents meant to them. I watch, there's a, the, the, our local Fox affiliate shows two I Love Lucy's every day. I watch them both in this room every day. I turn the news down. I watch I Love Lucy twice a day. Did you see the one today where she missed the boat and had to take the helicopter? Yes. <laughs> the reason that I even know that was on today is because I was over doing the news in the newsroom, and everybody was watching I, I Love, Love Lucy. Lucy. Yes. You turn the water faucet on, you can get this show. I swear, oh, every yeah. place I go, it'll never stop. And, and it's, it's really, it's wonderful that that's true. I'm so glad that it's true because there's so few shows out there that actually make people happy, and God knows we need happier people walking around, because life's tough enough, you know. Lucy Arnez will be 71 in July. She lives in Southern California. And you can find easy Amazon links to the products we've been talking about here today at our website, heardeverything.com. And while you're at heardeverything.com, be sure and listen to my 1998 interview with the daughter of another legend, Judy Garland's daughter, Lorna Luft. People come to me and say she was part of my family. And I think to myself, that's very nice, 
but that's odd. It's also odd to turn on Geraldo and see men dressed up as members of my family. (laughs) And my conversation with the daughter of legendary comedian Jack Benny, my 1991 talk with Joan Benny. My father, unlike the character, you think, okay, he was a comedian. He was not a man who told jokes at home. He ne- he didn't tell jokes on the stage either. You never heard Jack Benny say two Irishmen were walking down mm-hmm. the street. Uh, Jack Benny had a wonderful sense of humor. And, of course, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find us on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, one of America's favorite contemporary mystery writers, the creator of the Lincoln Rhyme character, Jeffrey Deaver. I wanted to create a whole person who was yet not whole, who had this terrible affliction that had so altered his life, and yet he still has the depth that anyone else has. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Bill Thompson.